Amen. We're, we're happy you're here. We're excited about what God's doing. Happy Valentine's Day. Amen. You, you know, just blow somebody a kiss or something. You know, be, be kind, right? Hey, uh, uh, you know, here, here's the deal is that a lot of times we think we know stuff, and, and, and it's not that we don't know anything, but, but there, there has to be a, uh, a place where we begin, you know, to, to actually trust God, hear God, uh, receive from God. Uh, you know, if you study the book, several anybody who anybody who walked around with Jesus, uh, they they ended up in a storm or in some type of conflict. And but you think about the storms, and 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 they always dealt with them differently. Remember, some storms Jesus talked to, he taught them how to talk to it. Some storms he taught them how to walk through it. Some storms, you, you, you know, he taught them how to float through it. Get a hold of it, you know. So hey, it's all storms a storm, right? Yeah, but you got to You don't know whether you need to talk to it or walk through it, or if you're going to float through it. You you have to have this communication going with God, so that you don't always handle what looks the same in the same way, because you know you, uh, He sees stuff that you can't see. That would have been a good place to say, yeah. Some you know this this ought not be revelation to you, okay? He's God in heaven. Here we are on earth. Let our words be few. Right? That's it. That's in your Bible. And, you know, and basically he's saying, hey, man, you're up there, big picture. I'm down here, no clue. How about we go with what you say? You know, you know let's, let's, get, let's, get, a, let's get a heart that's, that's receptive. You know, David, all through the Psalms, Psalms 119 especially, in the Amplified is cool, because over and over and over again, he talks about the, the Word of God, and he says, I hear it, I receive it, I love it, and I obey it. Now, here's a process that you need to take the Word of God through, you know, in your life, that you hear it, not that you listen, that you hear it. How I many you know that there's a big difference between listening and hearing? Every parent knows what the difference, because we, you know, our children have taught us what, what it's like to talk to them, and they're listening, it's another thing when they hear you, right? And so, you, you know, hey, how do I start with the Word of God? Well, well hear it, man, make, make sure that you hear it. Mark 4, 24 says, be careful what you hear. Man, be careful what you, make sure you're hearing this right. Because if you hear it wrong, you're going to end up applying it wrong. You apply it wrong, you know, uh, see, the words that you hear determine uh, the thoughts that you think, right? Because words turn into thoughts, and thoughts, thoughts determine emotion. And, and the way you feel about things is determined by the way you think about things. If you want to feel better about somebody, think better about them. You ain't never gonna. You ain't never gonna feel better about about your spouse, about your kids, about your boss, about your employees. About you won't ever feel better until you start thinking better. Now, even physically, you you want to feel better physically? Think better. Hello, because you know, hey man, I'm telling you, your 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 emotions now make make your choices. So if you're thinking right, you're gonna be feeling right. If you're feeling right, you're gonna be you're gonna be choosing right because every choice comes out of emotion. And, and, and your choices, those determine your actions because, you know, you, you act out the, the decisions that you make. And, and, and if your actions are getting better, if you keep it up long enough, you, your habits are getting better. Because now you're performing action, you're not even having to think about it because it's just part of who you are. And when your habits are getting better, your character is getting stronger. And your character ties you to an end result. See, if you've got bad character, but, but, but this great result, you won't sustain the great result. Or the other side of the coin is, is if you got great character, and you're, but you're going through a, a hardship, guess what? The hardship can't contain you. Because your character is going to lift you. Right? That's why James said, if you'll receive with meekness, the, receive with meekness the, the, the word of God, 
right? And meekness is just a teachable spirit. It's not, it's not be weak. It's like be teachable. That's what David said, okay? I, I hear it. I receive it. See, that, that's the receiving part. I receive, that's, that's not just for people I know. Some of you guys have gone to church for 25 years. You've never heard a message that actually applied to you. You, you mail in tapes and send in links, and you need this one. What one did you apply? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, the, uh, James, he said, if you'll receive with meekness the, the Word of God, it has the power, the power. God's Word has power, right? Power and, and to change the way you think, to change the way you feel, to change the choices you make, to change the actions you perform, to change the character that you're going to possess, to change the, the, the end result. You know what? The end result, God's, God's wanting to, to put you on a collision course with the end that he declared at the beginning. He's, he's got he's to plan out. He knows what he's doing. But you got, you, you got to receive that word so that, because it's, it's the word that's going to shape you and form you. And, and, and it's his word. Man, but you got to be careful what you hear. Just because you think you're right doesn't mean you're right. Jeremiah 33, 3, he said, call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know. And he's not talking about stuff, you know, it's fenced in things, hidden things. It, but it's not stuff that's just way out on some peripheral place, you know, some spooky moment. No, it's stuff right in your circle, right, that, that you're standing in. See, you're standing in a, in, in a circle. That's where we get the word circumstance. Your stance is in the circle. And he said, there's stuff in your current circumstance that I can show you that you don't know. See, if you're under the impression you know everything about what you're doing, really, you're an idiot. I can't believe we came to church to hear this. <laughs> believe. Okay. You know, here's the deal is that, man, we, we got to be smarter than that. Right? Because, because he, it's what you know determines the, 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 the power that, that can be released. See, uh, remember Mark 4, 24, be careful what you hear. The Amplified Bible goes off on it. It says, for the level of thought and study you give the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back. Virtue is power. Remember when Jesus said, I felt virtue leaving my body. Vir virtue is power. And, and the level of power that God's word produces in your life is, is determined by the thought and study you give to it. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You, 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 you've been told things that, that other people have been told, but yet it's, it's much more powerful in your life. That, you know, people come to church. Hundreds of thousands of people this weekend will be in church. Some will experience powerful revelation. Some will wait, you know, because they're, 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 there's a possibility we might be late for our reservation. The, where's, your, where's your head at? You know, are, are, are you going to, well, well, if God's going to change me. I, here's the crazy thing. I've been in this thing for a while. And, you know, uh, I'm telling you, man, we, we, could, we could lay hands on the sick. We can anoint you with oil. We can see manifestations of crazy stuff. And some people can't make it from here to the car and keep it. I'm, can, I, can, I, can, can we be real today? Okay, here, Why? Because they have no revelation. They don't realize that the sower sows the seed. The seed is the word of God. Immediately, the, the thief is coming to take the seed. He's going to come try to take it. I mean, I've seen people that, that you know, get up out of wheelchairs and walk. But two days later, why are they back in the chair? How did that happen? Well, because the second thought, 
Why? Because we think wrong. I'm not saying we're stupid. I'm saying we think wrong. And God needs the ability to change the way we think. Right? Because, because if, if the level of thought that we've given determines the level of power that this word is going to produce, then we, we need to give some thought to this thing. Because, uh, you know, here, there's re- some really great news. That every promise in the book is yours. Come on. They're yours. Well, I don't see them producing. That's because you're not giving thought and study. Man, you, you have to appropriate it. You have to apply it. You know, there's some very, very, very uh, popular, well-known promises that people claim all the time, but they don't necessarily, they don't see them anytime. But to claim it, you know, uh, Romans 8, 28, for, for we know, here's something we know, we know that all things work together for good to those that are loving God, to those who are called according to his prayer. We know this. This is something we know. This ain't something we hope. This ain't something, well, I kind of think. This is that, well, we're trying to believe. No, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called. We know this. We know this. Well, if, see, here's the thing you got to get is that every action is a manifestation of a belief system. Not, not every confession, every action is a manifestation of a belief system. So don't respond to this. Just listen. If, if I ask you how many of you believe reading the Bible is vital for your spiritual growth, almost everybody would raise their hand. See, I said don't respond. Because I have a tendency when you respond when I say not to, to mock you. It's just one of my spiritual gifts. Because here's the deal. Is that y'all raise your hand? Yep, we believe that. But are you reading your Bible every day? Because if you're not, let me tell you something. If you're not, you don't really believe that. You just think, well, that's what we'd say in church. Yes, amen, hallelujah. Praise, praise be unto Jesus. But you don't really believe it because every action is a manifestation of a belief system. See, what you say is a belief system, but if you don't perform it, it's not really a belief system. Matter of fact, you could, you could abbreviate it. It's just BS. I, I, I love this because religious people are going, oh, my God, I can't stand this place. Now, I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to equip you to win and succeed in every area of your life. Okay? If you were looking for somebody to make you feel good, we have a list of 75 other churches. I'm serious. Here's the deal. There's, I know a lot of believers who all things are not working together for their good. It ain't happening. Well, well, see, God's word's not true. No, you haven't given thought and study to it. You haven't looked at this thing. Because all things, well, let's just start there. All things, not the things you like, but all things work together. For good. All things, hard things, expensive things, challenging things, sad things, difficult things, things you've been trying to get away from, those things. See, it's like if you're baking a cake, you don't get to leave out the ingredients you don't like. I don't like the sound of that. You know, eggs make me nervous. Well, then you're not having cake. Huh? You're, you're going to end up with a brick. 
If you don't believe me, ask, ask Shelby's sister. She, she, tried, she, makes, she, makes, she makes the best doorstops. <laughs> calls them brownies. <laughs> okay, you can't eat them, but man, they hang around for years, I'm telling you. You know, it's all things. See, in order, God, God, how many know God knows what he's doing? Right? He knows what he's doing. He, he's, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 in the message, God knows what he's doing. He has it all planned out. Plans to give you the hope or the future that you're hoping for. God can make this work, but he ain't going to leave ingredients out. Well, we know that all things, okay, so we got to toughen up, buttercup, right? We got, we, got to go, we got to go through some hard times sometimes. In the world, there's going to be tribulation. But be of good cheer. Right? Why? Because God knows what he's doing. All things are going to work together for good for those that love God. Okay? So all things. So you ain't going to get away from some stuff. Your life's not going to be all cake. No, there's going to be some hard times. But, but, you have, but I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. I can do this. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me, I can condemn. This is the heritage of the children of a living God. But if, but, if, but if you don't get it, if, you, if you're not careful with what you hear, see, you think, well, I'm just looking for good things. Dude, all things, all things, look at your neighbor and say everything. All things are working together for your good to those who love God. To those who love God. Uh, when, when applying the Bible, you must use the Bible to define the Bible. Because if you don't, you know, well, I went to Webster's. Okay. Just right here, just with this one word, love. You know, think about it. Think about the stuff you love. You know, you love cars. You love motorcycles. You love airplanes. You, 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 some, some crazy nut over here loves jumping out of airplanes. You know, uh, you love him, and you love her, and you love cake, and you love sex, and you love money, and you love, you love stuff. And then you say, I love God. Now here's a question for you. At the end of your life, when, when, when everybody's standing around the box, and you do realize, you do realize that unless Jesus comes back, every, every one of us, someday... Some, I mean, you do get this, right? Someday, someday, let me encourage you a little bit. Someday, we're all going to die. And, and you know what's going to happen? When you do, you know what's going to happen? They're going to take your body out, put it in a hole in the ground, put dirt in your face, come back to the church and eat potato salad. Because that's what we do. Right? Potato salad shows up at every one of those events. Matter of fact, when I was a kid, you know, growing up, my daddy... Preaching, pastor, church. Every time somebody brought potato salad, we just asked, who died? Because, you know, because it's, it's the breakfast of ex-champions, okay? So here's the deal. So, so someday, someday, you, you're going to, and when they're all standing around the box and they're talking about you, what are they going to say? He loved the Seahawks. He, he loved baseball. He loved motorcycles. Really? Well, that's why all things didn't work together for good. Because his love for God is down there about, well, it's underneath 27 other things. Let me tell you something. 
uh, that better not be what you, what, what you guys are talking about when you go to eat my potato salad. <laughs> I'll come back and haunt your stupid house. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Check it out. The, the, English, the English vocabulary is very weak, very inexact. But the Greek is a lot better. And there's three words in the Greek for love, phileo, agape, and eros. We don't even have to talk about eros because if you're an 11-year-old boy, you know exactly what that is. Okay? It's where we get our word erotic. But phileo and agape, let's talk about this for just a minute. Not, they overlap in meanings a lot, but let's talk about the differences. See, uh, uh, because if you can understand what he's talking about, then you understand your responsibility, your part. See, God will make all things work together for, for good to those who love him, agape. Okay? But you, and, and we're not loving God to get him to do that. But that just happens when you're loving God. You know, here's the deal. <laughs> trying, to, uh, trying to find a, well, let, let me just, let me just read, let, let, me, let me just read for a minute. Phileo requires two or more individuals to appreciate each other. With agape, no appreciation is required. And guys, especially especially men, you know, get this because you know there's only one commandment in the Bible regarding the husband. One instruction for husbands: love your wife. Agape. Well, she doesn't appreciate me. She doesn't have to. Well, that sucks. <laughs> no, actually, you do. But your, your role is to love. By the way, it's not just husbands. Philippians 2, here's what I want you to do. If you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if, this, if, if the fellowship and the body of believers has done anything for you, then do me a favor. Love one another, agree with each other, be deep-spirited friends. This is the love he's talking about. Well, there ain't nobody down there showing me any appreciation. Love them anyways. No, it ain't based off of what you're getting, see. See, uh, phileo is mutual in that both parties must have some degree of respect for each other. Agape can exist entirely one-sided. She don't respect me. Shut your pie hole. And love her anyways. Phileo is conditional, and if certain conditions aren't met, it can end. Agape has no strings attached. It's based on internal commitment of one individual towards another, regardless. <clears throat> Phileo can last for any given period of time then stop based on changing conditions or circumstances. Agape exists, period. 
Phileo requires a level of an emotional attachment and personal affection to, a thrive, to, to, to thrive. Agape flourishes in the soil of commitment. Any positive emotional experience will only enhance it. Phileo can be a blend of both selfish and self-giving attitudes and actions. But agape, on the other hand, always seeks to better the other, often at the expense of self. Now check it out. This is how we're, not, not, only, not only how I'm supposed to love my wife, not only how I'm supposed to love my brothers, it's how I'm supposed to love God. See, it's like, hey, even at my expense, because most of us come to God trying to get something from God. Where's the prosperity at? Where's the healing at? Where's the, hey, you, somebody needs to make me feel good. Where's that at? But that's, that doesn't, that's not the attitude that connects you to the results. See, that's not the, that's not the character that's demanded to produce and sustain the result of all things working together for good. See, there's got to be something in there that, 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 that you've just weaved, woven into the fabric of your being. And it becomes part of your character. I love God. And I just love God. I don't care whether he opens doors or not. He can close them. You know, if I don't get to stand in front of thousands, who cares? I love him anyways. I'm going I'm I'm to be who he's called me to be no matter what. If he never answers another one of my prayers, I'm going to serve him anyway. It's kind of like the Hebrew children going into the fiery furnace, and they said, God's able. We don't know if he's going to or not. Guess what? We, we ain't never going to change our mind. We're serving him no matter what the outcome is. Why? Well, because we know that all things work together for our good because we love God. See, here's what I know. I know that my final outcome will always be better than my current condition. But what I go through between here and there, I don't know, you know. God declares the end at the beginning, paints a picture of the end on the canvas of our heart. And we begin to move towards that end, but sometimes there's a thing called the middle. And if you haven't spent any time with God, you haven't heard him define the end, then you might be in the middle and assume we're finished. We ain't finished till we reach the end that he declared at the beginning. So you just got to love him through all the stuff, man. Through all the stuff. All things work together for good that love God and those who are called. You got to stop. You, you know, let, let me help you, Christian. Stop trying to live like you're saved. Well, What? Yeah, quit trying to live like you're saved. You know, with your list of rules and regulations and all the stuff that you're trying to check off. Hey, if you would live like you're called, all that saved stuff will handle itself. Why? Because you live like you're called. You live like you're called. Man, man, you're serving the body. You know, you are fulfilling the call of God. You know, uh, again, don't respond, okay? Sit on your hands if you have to. How many volunteers are here today? None. You're ministers. We don't have one stinking volunteer here. If you want to volunteer, join Rotary. Or answer the call. Everything that we're doing, we're doing for him. 
and, and we're responding to the call of God on our life, right? This is what we know. We know, we, you, oh, maybe I should spend just a second there. I, I'm almost out of time. I don't want to make you late for your reservation, but, and, and I, got, I got to be careful that I don't offend people who ought not be offended. Because the Bible says, great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing can offend them. Which means that this room is full of people who don't love his law. Because I can have you offended in just a minute. <laughs> Sometimes I just enjoy this more than I should. Okay, but here's the deal. Maybe you think wrong about what you do, even for the body. I can't believe that they want that much time out of us. Live like you're called. Are you really called to golf? Are you really called to shopping? I know you enjoy it. Hey, I like it. But my calling isn't riding motorcycles. I love that. But not like I love God. What would, ha- what would happen? Oh, my gosh. You, you got your big boy pants on? What, what would happen if just 25% of us lived like we were called and, and loved God like he's the top thing? What would happen in our community if, 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 we, if we put our love for God even at our own expense? Even though we might not get anything out of it, but we're going we're gonna to minister to the, uh, the, the, to the hurting, and we're going to feed the hungry, and we're going to house the homeless, and we're, we're going to reach the, the outcasts, and, and, and we ain't going to bed tonight until we've answered the call of God on our life. Here's what we know. All things work together for good to those that are loving God, to those who are called. Here's how we know it. For whom he... Foreknew, this is verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, and whom he predestined, those he called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. Here's here's how we know what we know. We know that all things work together for good because he foreknew us. Back on 29, he foreknew us. For whom he foreknew, two words put together make one word, for, before, knew, to know before, to have foreknowledge, right? Foreknowledge, to know things ahead of time. It's like to know what's going to happen before it happens. And, you know, human foreknowledge is like this. Uh, uh, The ice cream and the foyer is going to be good. You know how we know that? Because last night it was good. Last Sunday it was good. Last Saturday night it was good. It's always been good. So, you know what I mean? So that's like our our level of foreknowledge. Some of you guys know you don't have to be on time for the reservation because who you're meeting, it's going to be late. Why? Because it's them. You know who they are? They are always late. So when you plan something and you invite them, you lie to them. Right? Why? So you can get them there on time. That's foreknowledge, okay? Our foreknowledge is based on past experience. God's foreknowledge is not. And here's why. Because we're basing foreknowledge on things that are out of our control, 
in the hands of others. God's based his foreknowledge off the fact that he knows what's going to happen before it happens because he's the guy that's going to make sure it happens. Oh, oh, hello, somebody. You, you need to wrap your brain around this. That God knows what's going to happen before it happens because he's going to make sure that what he wants to happen happens. See, here's why we know that all things work together for good because if I'm loving God, I'm trusting God. And, and, and I know that it doesn't make any difference that even what the enemy intended for evil, God's going to end up using that for good. Why? Because his intention was that good would be the result in my life. For knowledge, for whom he foreknew to know beforehand. Think of it this way, too. Think of it this way. This is really cool because we're going to use the Bible to define the Bible. So the word know is to know beforehand, foreknowledge, to know beforehand. No, what he knew before it happened. Adam knew his wife Eve. What does that mean? Well, hey, they had babies after that. So when God foreknew, man, there's an intimate connection. There's a love relationship. So God knew he's going to love you before he even created you. Jeremiah 1.5 says that before I formed you, I knew you. And I, and I, and I sanctified, man, think about this. Before, God said before I started messing with, around with you, I knew all about you. I was in love with you before I started. And because I loved you, I formed you. And I made you different from everybody else. I sanctified you. I made you different from anything else on the planet. And I, and I ordained you. You know what that means? He gave you the ability to fulfill the purpose for which he created you. The fact that you are in this room today proves that God loves you and that he has a plan for you, not to hurt you, to bless you. Hello, somebody. You know the greatest challenge that you've ever faced? You've already, you've already succeeded over it. Millions and millions of sperm going after one egg. Hey, check it out. Greater odds than the, you went in the Boston Marathon and you won the race. You're the winner. Look at somebody say, you're a winner. <laughs> Tell you what, today go to the trophy shop, get a big one. <laughs> you know, so you can remind yourself. Hey, it, it's, like, it's like a mama. Where, where you at, Taylor? There's our pregnant Taylor, okay? And she's got a baby growing on the inside of her, okay? Yes or no? Okay, we're just practicing. Last night I said, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Tuesday. <laughs> she's having a Tuesday, okay. Okay, she doesn't know. You don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Thank you. You did that very well. Okay. Do you love it? She doesn't know if it's a boy or girl yet. She's loving this baby. That's foreknowledge. Is it going to be early or late? She doesn't know. She's loving that baby. Is it going to be compliant or resistant? She doesn't know. She's loving that baby. I love my baby. Foreknowledge. Is it going to be fast or slow? Who cares? I love it. Is it going to make wise decisions or fool? I don't care, but I love it. Now, this is God talking about you. Is it going to serve me or resist me? I love it. This is the heart of God towards you. 
Is he going to worship or sit in the chair? I love him. Is he going to use his skills and his talents or hold them for himself? I love him. Because the first thing he did was he foreknew you. See, this is why I know that all things are going to work together for my good. Because God created me, and he knew he was going to love me. He knew he was going to, he knew, he knew what he was going to do with me before he released me onto the planet. And whom he foreknew, he predestined. I'm going to mess with you a little bit today because, you know, we got this predestination. And, and oh, this is a very debatical, you know, theological debate. This is very heavy stuff. Oh, shut up. <laughs> if you want to know what's right, just ask me. <laughs> no, let's just read the Bible. Predestinate. Destiny. Destination. Destination determined beforehand. It's really not that big of a deal. You know, last Sunday, Todd and I got on an airplane. And we flew to Mesa, Arizona, because Shelby, about two months ago, went with Sandy to Hawaii and left us. And I was hurting and alone and broken and down. But anyways, when we got on the plane, when we got on the plane, this voice comes out and says, hey, we want to thank you for flying with us today. Welcome to flight 237 to Mesa, Arizona. They knew where they were going before they took off. Wow. Well, if they didn't know where they were going, I wouldn't get on. When you get on a plane, there's not seven possible locations. I want to thank you for flying with us on flight. Who really knows what's going on? Today, we're going to fly for an undetermined amount of time. We're going to land in Chicago, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, or Honolulu. <laughs> Honolulu it is. No, that's not predestination, to know the end, to know, to know the final destination at the beginning. Now, now we're going to play a little game. Okay, we're going to play a little game together. I just want to show you something. This is just, just so that you get this. Okay, because we're talking about destiny, predestination. The destination is determined before we launch, right? So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask a question. We're talking about destiny. Everybody say destiny. Okay, John, person, place, or thing. Destiny, person, place, or thing. Person, person, place, or thing. Person, place, or thing? Huh? Hey, I got one of each. That's all on one row. Okay. If you think, if you think destiny, if you think of it as a place, hold your hand up. You people are scared. It's a thing. Hold your hand up. It's a person. Hold your hand up. Those are the people that were here last night. Okay. <laughs> destiny is not a place. It's a person. Read the verse. For he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. It's who you are, not where you are. See, the enemy wants you to be so messed up in your brain. Well, what if I'm in the wrong place? It doesn't matter if you're the wrong person. If you're not who God's called you to be, you can be in the right place. You still screw that up. You can be in the right marriage, and it won't work. All things will not work together for good. Why? Because you ain't loving God, man. And, and, and here's the deal is, is that he knew you beforehand. He loves you. But, what, but his purpose is, 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 to, is to conform you to the image of his son so that no matter where you go, no matter what you experience, no matter what you encounter, man, you look like Jesus there. 
You, you know, some of you guys have gone through some hellacious situations, and you're all messed up about that. Are you kidding? That, that, that's the ability to show somebody, hey, look, you, you can deal with great loss and still walk in victory. Look at this. This is what it looks like to have victory in the midst of, of a heavy-duty battle. Yeah, I can, I can face cancer and walk out a survivor. I, I can go through a, through, through a divorce or two, and I can come up and show you what God looks like in the middle of this thing. Man, why? Because I'm being conformed to his image. Here's the problem, is that this lifestyle, man, this lifestyle that God's called us to, this loving God thing, it, it's like a warfare. You know, Matthew eleven twelve says, from the days of John the Baptist, even unto now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. The violent, they take it by force. If you want what God has for you, you can't sit around all passive. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, he'll bring it to me. I can't wait to baptize you. Well, if the Lord wants you to come back up, he'll let me know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, we're going to pray the 23rd Psalm while you are under. <laughs> you can find out the Lord's will. It's going to be a fight, man. It's going to be a fight. But God knew that at the beginning. See, God knew that you were going to have some stuff. And he's using that stuff to conform you to the image of his child. You know, for as many, isn't that what Romans 8, 14 says? For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Being led by the Spirit, the sons of God. There's two words for sons, technos and, and, and wheels. And, and uh, technon, technon. Is, uh, is a child by mere fact of childbirth. But Wios is, is a child that displays the characteristics of his father. Man, to grow to that place, you, you're going to go, go through some stuff. You know, here's, here's the deal is that, you know, uh, uh, just making wine. You know, everybody, think about it. You know, he is the vine and, you know, we are the branches and then we become the fruit. And, and man, we're just hanging on the vine. Everybody's hanging on. Man, we are the fruit. We're hit the fruit of his life. And, and there you are, you plump little grape. And, and, and But, uh, you know, everybody who's a grape, okay, and if we're all grapes, but everybody who is a grape wants to someday be made wine. Because the alternative is raisin. <laughs> right? And you ain't wanting to be, well, I hope I can be a raisin. No, man, if I got it, I want to be wine. Want to be wine? Wine is intoxicating. Raisins get stuck in your teeth. You know, raisins end up in the, in the oatmeal bowl of life. Come on, let's be wine. Well, how do they make wine? Well, they pick the grape. Some see you're hanging on the vine, and one day, so one day somebody comes along and they select you. Ooh, I feel chosen. God says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. God picked you. So there you are in the basket. <laughs> That's right. We bad. We're we going to be wine today. No more raising fear. No more raising children. No, I just, just say. <laughs> Empty nest thing. Okay. So it, and, and you're so excited about being one, you're in, the, you're, in the, you're in the basket, and then they dump you out there, and there's all these other grapes, and you're looking around, hey, what up? What you, uh, and then they, they, they peel your skin off. 
You might be sitting next to people right now who get under your skin. Oh, isn't it funny how quiet it got right there? (laughs) Is that you right now? No. (laughs) You know, your skin's getting ripped off. When you finally make it through that, you go, oh, my God, we lived. We lived. And then they put you in this big thing and, and, and apply pressure and squeeze the pulp out of you. And you're thinking, I hate unity. <laughs> and then, you know what they do? They dump cold water in. And then they heat it up, and then they dump the cold water in. And, 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 and you, you know, eventually, you make it through the process, and you're finally, you're sitting on a bottle, you're going, oh, my God. Looks like we made it. And, 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 and somebody has the audacity to take you down, put you in a very dark room and close the door and leave you there for a long, long time. And you're dealing with all kinds of emotion now because, man, you, you've gone through everything. And, God, I just can't believe. I can't believe that. I thought that all things were going to work together for my good. And look what I went through. Look what I went through for you. I got next to those people, and they peeled my skin off, man. They got under my flesh. And, and, and then, then I went through all that pressure, and then we, you know, and then we got hot, and then it got cold, and then it got hot, and then it got cold, and then we went through pressure again. And then you put me down in this closet. See, God knew you. And at a certain moment in time, It's like God looks at the Holy Spirit and says, hey, you remember that one bottle? Oh, yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Why don't you go get it? I think it's ready. Bring it up here and let's pop its cork. Let's pour it out. Today, for some of you guys, it's cork popping time. Yeah. It's funny that only five of you want that. No, I kind of like the dark closet over here. It's really fitting me really good. Some of you, time to get that flesh peeled off. Wherever you are in the process, whom he, whom he foreknew, he predestined, and whom he predestined, he called. You know, there's something about his calling that you, that you really need to understand, and I know I'm, I'm done, okay? But let me tell you about the difference between the call of God and, and the call of your brother's. Remember when Lazarus was in the tomb? You know, his sisters called out to him, Lazarus, don't leave us, don't leave us, don't die, don't die. What did he do? He died. Jesus shows up and calls him, Lazarus, come forth. What, what does he do? He gets up and answers the call. Why? Because when God calls you, not only is there a call, but the power to fulfill the call is wrapped inside the call. So what God's called you to do, let me tell you something. You have the power and the ability to get that done and to succeed. And whom, he, who, whom he's called, he's justified. What does that mean? It's just as if you've never failed. See, you're justified. It's just as if you never missed the mark. It's just as if you hadn't gone through any of that crap. It's just as if you had never made a mistake. It's just as if you'd never fallen down. It's just as if, guess what? You're, 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 you're not guilty. You've been found innocent. The, the, and the enemy tries to show you the record, and oh my God, it's been erased. There ain't even no record against you. Man, you know what I love about these verses is that it starts in heaven. He foreknew us. It comes to earth. 
He predestined us. Then it connects to us. He called us. And then it lifts us up. He justified us. And then he glorifies us. When's that? That's over there. He, He foreknew. He predestined. He called. He justified. And he glorified. It's all past tense. Why? You know, what, what, what's the deal, man? What, what, what about the past? What about the present? What about the future? It's all the same. The deal is, is that none of that matters. Because when God looks at you, you're the one he loved. You're the one he planned the end for. You're the one he equipped to make it. You're the one that that he released from every charge that the enemy was going to make against you. You're the one that he has a place prepared for so that he can glorify you. So it didn't make any difference whether you're hanging on the vine, whether you just got picked, whether you're going through the process of having your skin ripped off, whether you're going through the press, whether you're going through the fire, whether you're sitting in a closet somewhere. That's not the point. The point is that you recognize, oh, my God. Before any of that happened, right in the middle of it or at the end of it, he loved me. Before I ever loved him, he was loving me. Before I was ever seeking him, he had sought me out. Before I ever called on him, he had called my name. And let me tell you something. I don't care what happens in the middle. I love God. It doesn't even make any difference if it looks like it's the end. I love God. Man, why? Because he's loving on me. Man, he's using everything to, to develop me and to make me better and, and to pull me. He's pulling me to the end that he, did, that, that he declared at the beginning. He's going to get me there. What can separate me from the love of God? Neither height nor depth nor width nor breadth nor any other preacher. I mean creature. Nothing. Nothing can separate me from his love. He can get me there. What do I do? I respond to his call. And this is where you connect, where you just say, all right, I'm in. I'm in. You want something of mine? It's yours. Why? Because loving God means even at my expense. I ain't coming to get something from God. I'm going to tell you something. He can't help himself from blessing you. He, he can't help himself. He can't stop it. He just looks at you and goes, dang it. I love you. You just need to love them back. I want you to close your book and bow your head for a minute. Some of you guys, you know what? You're, you're, you're at a place in life where you realize, oh, man, I haven't been running to God. I've been running from him. Instead of embracing what he's doing, I'm, I've resisted. Well, we're going to pray a prayer together. We're not going to call anybody out. won't embarrass you. But if you're here today and you know that today, man, here's what I need to do. I, I need to accept that call. I need to answer that call. I need to respond. I'm going to make this prayer that we're all going to pray. I'm going to make it my prayer. And if that's you, while nobody's looking around, just real quick, hold your hand up. Say, Pastor Tom, that's me. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Anybody else? You can put them down. Anybody else? Just real quick. Say, yeah, today. Today, man. I need, I need God in my life. I want everybody in this room to pray this. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me. 
from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give God one more big shout today. Hey, come on, give the Lord a shout. Come on, let him hear you.